17 Elul, Yud Zayin Elul, Tzaddik, His Conversations, 593. The Rebbe was in his house here in Breslov. He paced back and forth, saying that when someone is trying to serve God, he usually has to go through a great many difficulties and much suffering before coming to a more even period when things go a little more easily for a bit. Anyone with some experience in trying to serve God will be familiar with this. We mustn't give in to God, the Rebbe said. The fact that after so much suffering and so many obstacles we then have a bit of a lull should not make us accept a compromise and say God has already fulfilled our requests so that there is no need to press Him any more. So far, God still has not sent the final salvation. We still have to wait for it and plead with Him like a child pleading with his father, begging and pressing Him to help more and more. The Rebbe then said, But none of this applies to you. As far as you are concerned, you just need to be happy all the time. In other words, if each time God makes things a little easier for us, we were only to think how far short of the complete salvation we are, we would only become depressed, which is more harmful than anything when trying to serve God. One has to make an effort to stay happy regardless of the situation. Even in times of great difficulty and suffering, when we feel very far from God, we still have to stay happy at all times and cheer ourselves up as much as possible by finding some good point and reminding ourselves that He did not make me a non-Jew, etc. We should even try to turn the sadness and depression and difficulties themselves into a reason for being happy. We should say, Even though I am the way I am, I still have the merit of being Jewish. How many mitzvot I carry out each day, tzitzit, tefillin, saying the Shema, giving charity, etc. Perhaps the way I carry them out leaves much to be desired. Even so, they still contain many good points, and in the upper worlds they bring a lot of joy. This even applies to the mitzvot done by Jews who are sinners, because as long as they still go by the name of Jew, God takes great pride in them, as it is written, Israel, in whom I take pride. Isaiah 49. Wisdom. His Wisdom, 296. In the Kutemo Haran 1, Lesson 2, Number 6, Lesson 9, Number 4, it is brought that one must bind himself to the tzaddikim of his generation. The Rebbe told his followers that before they began praying, they should say, I am binding myself to all the tzaddikim of our generation. 297. The Rebbe often told us that he very much wanted us to put into practice the lessons that he revealed. That is, to go with a lesson for a time to base one's entire service and approach to awareness of God on one lesson. Take a lesson and seek out its practical advice. Follow it for two or three months, making use of it to strengthen your devotion and fear of God. Pray to God and beg that He help you be worthy of attaining the ideal set forth in the lesson. When you have completed one lesson, work on another. Continue this way until you have completed every lesson. Happy is he who takes this to heart. 298. One of the Rebbe's followers came to him on the day before Yom Kippur. The man had been very sick and told the Rebbe of his great suffering. One of his townsmen and good friends standing nearby said, His illness has become worse because he immersed in the mikvah. The Rebbe replied, You blame the illness on a good observance? 
it is more fitting to blame it on sin. This took place in Uman on the Rebbe's last Yom Kippur. The Aleph Bet book, Rebuke B. 4. One person will not be able to convince another of anything unless he first attaches his soul to that of the other person. 5. Going out to greet an important person summons forth the ten statements through which the world was created. Bringing Jews who are distant from God closer to him does this as well. Prayer A. 1. A person should hope and long for the good of the community, even though he himself stands to lose by it. 2. When a person prays in a synagogue, it is as if he brought a pure meal offering. 3. God can be found in the synagogue. 4. Flattery prevents a person's prayers from being Kitzur heard. Likutei Moharan 2, Lesson number 67. 3. In these times, when we have already been in exile for so long, and God is waiting to return to us at any time and to rebuild our holy temple, it is only fitting that we not delay, God forbid, the building of the holy temple, but rather we should work toward its construction. Therefore, a person must make certain to rise at midnight every night and to mourn bitterly over the destruction of the holy temple. For perhaps in an earlier incarnation he was the cause for the temple being destroyed. And even if not, perhaps he is delaying now, by his sins, the rebuilding of the temple. And this too is considered as if he caused its destruction. Thus, every night at midnight a person should weep and mourn bitterly over this and then it will be considered as if he is working at the rebuilding of the holy temple. In this way, he will merit to draw close to the truth, that is, to true tzaddikim and to truly God-fearing and devout Jews, who are the essence of the true splendor, grace, and beauty of the world. Copier's Note This seems to be the significance of the juxtaposition of the two verses, I will rise at midnight to thank you, and I am a friend to all who fear you. Psalms 119, 62, and 63. Through this, a person's eyes will be opened. He will look at himself and where he stands in terms of all of the character traits. He will return to God in repentance for all of his negative character traits, and he will merit to know and to recognize God's great name. 4. By rising at midnight and mourning over the destruction of the holy temple, a person is thereby saved from fires. Lesson number 68. 1. The main perfection of the tzaddik is that he should be able to show a person who is high up and who imagines that he is at a high spiritual level that he is, in fact, just the opposite. Likewise, the tzaddik should be able to show a person who is down below at a low spiritual level that he is still not without hope and that even from there he is able to attach himself to God and to return to Him because there is no such thing as despair at all. We have already said that when a person sees that he is very far from God, it is appropriate for him to encourage himself with the fact that at least he knows how far away he is. For before, he was so very distant that he did not even know that he was far, far away at all. But now that at least he knows he is far away, this in itself is drawing closer. So, with the very fact of his own distance from God, it is proper for him to encourage himself and to return Rabbi to Nachman's stories. The Turkey Prince The sage continued in this manner until they were both completely dressed. Then he signaled again, 
and they were given regular food from the table. Again, the sage said, What makes you think that you will stop being a turkey if you eat good food? You can eat whatever you want and still be a turkey. They both ate the food. Finally, the sage said, What makes you think a turkey must sit under the table? Even a turkey can sit at the table. The sage continued in this manner until the prince was completely cured. The Tainted Grain A king once told his prime minister, who was also his good friend, I see in the stars that whoever eats any grain that grows this year will go mad. What is your advice? The prime minister replied, We must put aside enough grain so that we will not have to eat from this year's harvest. The king objected, But then we will be the only ones who will be sane. Everyone else will be mad. Therefore, they will think that we are the mad ones. It is impossible for us to put aside enough grain for everyone. Therefore, we too must eat this year's grain. But we will make a mark on our foreheads, so that at least we will know that we are mad. I will look at your forehead, and you will look at mine. And when we see this sign, we will know that we are both Messon's letters, year one, letter number 221. You should know, my friend, that during all this uproar about what is written in the alphabet book, some intelligent men were here. They had no connection whatsoever with our group. They simply decided to look at the truth, and they laughed at this allegation. They said that even if there were no way to refute it, who would ever think of attacking a well-known tzaddik such as the Rebbe over some difficult or curious statement that they found in his books? We have already heard, they said, many more perplexing questions than these about all the famous tzaddikim. On the contrary, they said, there is no tzaddik who does not evoke enormous wonder and puzzlement. They also cited what the rabbis of blessed memory said, For the worthy, it is an elixir of life, for the unworthy, a deadly poison. One of them also made a nice analogy about this, but I cannot put down everything they said in writing. The real truth is that they can see for themselves the holy intention of our master, teacher, and rebbe of blessed memory. He is not talking, God forbid, about knowing the nature of the world through studying the works of scientists and philosophers, such as Aristotle and Plato made the name of the wicked rot. The Rebbe is referring to the underlying secret of nature, which is rooted in the letters of the Torah and in their various combinations, as can be clearly understood from the section prior to the one under discussion. Look it up. If a person looks carefully at what is written in this preceding section, he will be able to experience a faint glimmer of understanding of the greatness of our holy, awesome Rebbe of sainted memory. Look at every single word there. They are all counted and measured with great precision. In particular, look at what is written there at the end. One who merits to understand the Torah will understand the significance of all the differences between all created things. He will also understand the significance of what they have in common, i.e. their origin and their end, because in their origin and their end they are identical and without distinction. Let the heavens look on aghast. Rouse yourself, God, and awaken to the Rebbe's judgment and his cause. Who has heard or seen awesome wonders such as these? If the attacker would focus on the truth and put aside his own evil desire to be victorious in spite of the truth, he would see in these words the greatness of the Creator, the greatness of the Holy Torah, 
and the greatness of the Rebbe of blessed memory. I cannot go on about this Nussin's letters, year two, letter number 476, with God's help, Wednesday, Vayera, 5605, Breslov. Greetings to my dear beloved son, may his light shine, along with all his family. I received your letter yesterday, and Reb Shin has not yet arrived. I had been waiting for him to come before preparing a letter to you, because then I would know what to write you about your business. The time for reciting the morning Shema and for the morning prayers has now arrived, but your enormous yearning for my letters compels me to put pen to paper. I really do not know what to write you. After everything that you, I, and all of us have endured, it is necessary to repeat the Rebbe's awesome words anew. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, number three. God is very great, and we know nothing at all. Things are taking place in the world, and people know absolutely nothing at all. He concluded this conversation by saying, The main thing is never to despair of crying out, praying, supplicating, and entreating. One screams, one pleads. These words have been giving me vitality for a long time now. And not only that, but they help me to speak with people and to shine points of the absolute truth into them. How great are God's deeds! If you listen to and really think about this aforementioned holy conversation, you too will be able to feel in your heart what it is impossible to articulate, as in, her husband is known in the gates, She'arim. God is known to each person according to what he conceives, Misha'er, in his own heart. Zohar 1, 103. For the Rebbe spoke this holy conversation after he revealed his awesome and exalted Torah lessons and stories, his revelation of godliness, his profound, awesome, and wondrous advice, the likes of which have never been revealed, and after he revealed the cool, fresh, running water of the wellsprings of salvation. After all this, then he cried out that we know nothing at all. If you really think about all this, you will be able to say with new enthusiasm and feeling, God is great and highly to be praised. His greatness is unfathomable. Similarly, in every place where the greatness of the Creator is mentioned, we can understand through this perception that, by God's compassion, He will open up to us the light of the infinite until we merit to speak our words with great fervor and self-sacrifice. Rishonim v'achronim, earlier and later codifiers, 11th century till today. Rabbi Klonimus Ish Romi, Rabbi Nugershom Maor Hagola, Rabbi Shmuel Hakoin Bar Chafni, Rabbi Yosef Ben Gikatila, Rabbi Natan Baal Haaruch, Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yehuda Ben Giut, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yitzchak, Rabbi Yehuda Hagadol, first of those martyred sanctifying Hashem's name, Rabbi Yehuda Hakohen, Rabbi Eliyahu Hazaken, Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi of Rashi. Rabbi Yaakov ve Rabbi Yakar, Rabbi of Rashi, Rabbi Yitzchak ve Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi of Rashi, Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan, Rabbi of Rashi, Rabbi Yehuda bar Barzilai Barzeloni, Rabbi Yosef Tov Alam, Rabbi Zerachia Halevi, Rabbi Moshe HeAnav, Rabbi Moshe ben Yosef ben Maran Halevi, Rabbi Levi, nephew of Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Avraham bar Yitzchak, Rabbi Meshulam ve Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Avraham Barabi Dawood Halevi, martyred on sanctifying Hashem's name. Rabbi Yosef Barmeir Ibn Migash. 
Rabbi Shimon Hagadol, Rabbi Elazar Bar Rabbi Meshulam, Rabbi Elazar Bar Rabbi Meir Bar Rabbi Yitzchak. Rashi, Shlomo Yarchi Bar Yitzchak Mid Shrivavosh, Rabbeinu Meir, son-in-law of Rashi, his sons, Rabbi Shmuel, Rashbam, Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbi Yaakov Tam, Rivam, Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbeinu Yehuda Bar Natan, son-in-law of Rashi, Rabbeinu Ephraim, son-in-law of Rashi, Rabbeinu Shemaria, Rabbeinu Baruch Barav Shmuel Mimagensa, Rabbi Simcha Divivtera, Rabbi Shimshon Mishantz, Ra'avad Harishon, Rabbi Avraham Bar Dawood, mentioned earlier, Rabbi Chaim Kohen, student of Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbi Netanel HaKadosh, Rabbeinu Yitzchak Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Simcha Divivtera, Baal HaTosfot Ri Hazakein, his son, Rabbeinu Elchanan, Rabbi Shimshon Mishantz Rabbi Avraham, Rabbeinu Chananel, Rabbeinu Yaakov Orleans, Rabbi Yitzchak Alfasi, Harif, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon, Harambam, Rabbi Avraham bar David, Hara'avad Baal HaHasagot, Rabbeinu Moshe bar Nachman, Rav Nassim's Prayers 2, Prayer number 49, on Sichot Haran, 96. If not for your compassion and the tremendous kindness with which you have wondrously treated me until this day, I would have been lost in my poverty, heaven forbid. If Hashem had not been my help, in an instant my soul would have dwelled in silence. But still, my heart is distraught within me. It is very bitter for me, for I am still extremely far from my goal, and still I have not left behind the mundane for the holy by even a hair's breadth. What shall I say? How shall I speak? How can I justify myself? What shall I say to you who sit in the heights? What shall I tell you who dwell in the heavens? You know your servant, everything that has happened to me, and all that I have gone through until now. Yet even after all of this, I still truly believe that there is no despair in the world at all. Regarding this, I still rely on the great power of the true tzaddikim to drill through and open up channels. Perhaps I will find an opening of hope through which to return to you, to renew my spirit, to rescue and liberate my soul from whatever I need to be rescued and liberated from. Master of the world, Master of the world, Master of the world, you know thoughts, you know hidden things, you investigate the heart and kidneys, you think thoughts so that no one will remain cast away from you. You desire kindness, you do boundless good, you perform charity for every mortal creature. You are filled with compassion at all times. You gaze and look to the end of all generations. You know all of the hidden matters in my heart to their end, even more than I do. Only you know which path and which counsel will revive my utterly shamed and feeble spirit. For all of the hidden matters of my heart, the multitude of hidden matters from my beginning, and all of the many thoughts and ideas that I experience, are revealed to you. I experience many doubts and uncertain counsel. I constantly look for advice and stratagems to overcome my evil inclination so that I will emerge from what I need to emerge from and truly return to you. But still I am not saved. And you, Hashem, how long will I take counsel in my soul, mourning in my heart by day? How long will my enemy rise up against me? Gaze, answer me, Hashem, my God. Illumine my eyes, lest I sleep in death. Give me hope. May I not be lost. You who are filled with compassion, 
Help me and save me with all kinds of salvation, as are known to you, so that from now on I will extricate myself from the vanities of this world and truly return to you. Reciting Psalms Help me recite Psalms every day with great feeling, with all my heart. May I connect my awareness, thought, and heart to the holy words of the Psalms. May I truly attach myself to the spirit of holiness that King David inserted into the holy words of Psalms. May my recital of Psalms be considered as though King David said them himself. May I find myself every day and every moment in the verses of Psalms that I recite, so that by reciting them, I will truly return to you in complete repentance. For as you reveal to us, reciting Psalms helps a person repent. You who are filled with compassion, have compassion on me. Revive me, maintain me, and help me, from now on at any rate, truly return to you. Restore my soul, as though with seven wise men who give advice, with every sort of advice that restores the holy soul. Have pity and mercy on my distracted, embittered soul, on my weakened awareness, on my divided counsel. May your inner being be moved and roused. Have compassion on me. For what profit is there in my blood if I descend to the grave? What profit is there if you torment and punish your children with onerous and bitter punishments? May the compassionate one protect us. What profit is there if you insult and abase my soul, heaven forbid? You desire my rectification. You and your true tzaddikim who engage in our rectification desire to benefit me with all good things in all worlds so that I will be among those who fear you, among your upright ones who desire to walk in your ways. Then why have you rejected and despised me? You set me aside for so many days and years in places that are so far from you. And if indeed there is no explanation for this, nevertheless you can find merit in me and arouse your true compassion on my behalf. Bring me close to you from now on. Guide me in your truth at every hour and moment, so that I will truly return to you from now and forever.